listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these Zen-inspired talks given by Michael McAllister. Along the spiritual path, there comes this point for us when we read enough and we experience enough that there is this some there's just this shift there's kind of this merger of of all that we read and all that we've experienced and for some people it happens sooner for other people it happens later but it eventually happens upon our death it will happen okay so at least you have that to look forward to complete and total enlightenment upon death uh, Doing that before we die, though, dying, if you will, before we die, is kind of the goal. Rather than being a morbid goal, it's actually, I think, kind of a beautiful, beautiful articulation. Dying before we die. And what does that mean, dying before we die? There are all sorts of different ways of looking at this. All sorts of different avenues, all sorts of different uh, approaches. I think there is this recognition that death ultimately is the acceptance of total change. That there is nothing other than total change. The change is the only constant. And so we see from some point in this merging of all that we've read and experienced with the teacher, the teaching, group, whoever we're with, and all that we've experienced on our own when it kind of comes together. And what it begins to show, it begins to show itself as this amazing balancing act between the conventional world, or what we would call the real world, this, this, uh, this world that we can see, hear, taste, touch, feel, all that, and the ultimate ultimate being, shall we say, emptiness. I hate using that word because it usually just confuses people and, and the point is not to try to confuse you, but it's something that's beyond the reach, the scope, the grasp of mind. One is about mind, ego, past and future, and the other one is precisely beyond that. So the conventional or normal reality and the ultimate reality. And when we hit this place, where we can actually surf between these two worlds. That was a term I used. Along our spiritual path, we each have these moments, you know, that we'll never forget. And this happened to be one of them for me. I was sitting in uh, Sashin, which is a seven-day long meditation. It's very intense. You're sitting for several, several hours a day. And even your eating is done in this highly prescribed, choreographed way and so forth, which I screwed up almost every single time. It was pretty exciting to watch me try to eat with these bowls and get the rhythm just right while the food servers were coming. And so I was very raw in this particular, uh, at this particular point in the sashin. And I was going for Dokusan, which is an interview with my teacher. And I simultaneously lo really looked forward to those things, and I hated them. I hated him because it was as if he could see right through whatever mask I was wearing. He is like he could just peel it off and say, "Okay, now let's talk." It's like ah, you know. 
Uh, but what I loved about it was I never walked out of that room the same person. Some things didn't change. I still liked messing with people when they were trying to be quiet, you know. My ego still reigned supreme in that regard at least, but there was something that just shifted every time I would meet with him, especially in kind of this, you know, intense situation. And uh, we had this conversation where he was asking essentially, how, how are you doing? How are you, how are you feeling? And I, was, I kind of felt almost like I was floating at this point in the, in the, in the uh, week. And I said, like I'm surfing. He kind of smiled and said, tell me more. It's like I'm surfing between two worlds. I'm surfing between this conventional space. I mean, I really felt like I was part of the real world very much. But I also felt like I had no stake in it. I mean, I still had my, my fiance, who was, she was actually in this particular sashin with me. It was the other side of the, uh, the zendo, which they do so you won't get distracted. Anyway, uh, so it wasn't like she was no longer there in my, in my consciousness or in my world. She's very much there. But my stake in it just seemed to lessen so drastically. There wasn't this panic. There was just this opening. It was like I was, again, surfing between two worlds. And a great 20th century mystic, Nizargadada Maharaj, said, and I always butcher quotes, so if you quote me on this, I'm wrong, I'm sure. But he said something to the effect of, when I see that I am nothing, this is wisdom. When I see that I am everything, this is love. And in between those two things, I live my life. And that's where we are. At some point in time on this spiritual journey, we recognize that I have no stake. I'm nothing. I am this bag of flesh. You know, I'm here. I'm with all of you. I have a job to do. I have kids to raise. I have, you know, whatever it might be, whatever our responsibilities might be. Yeah, we got all those things, definitely. But it's not the whole story. There's more. And when that more kind of comes into this small story, when the vastness of that more, that infinite more, kind of creeps in and starts soaking all that stuff up, our life shifts. And we become a physical mental, emotional manifestation of grace and ease. We show up to our life just like that. And we can do this in meditation. Every time we meditate, every time we meditate, what do we do? We just show up for exactly what's happening right now, whatever it is. Are you sad? Be right with that sadness. Don't push it away. No, I'm not sad. I'm fine. Okay, And don't go into it, yeah, man, I really, grief is really a great place for me. Sadness, you know, I have an identity fixated with my sadness. Both of those are attachments. Avoiding it is an attachment. Sucking it up is an attachment. Meeting it, putting the light of your awareness on the experience and just being right there for it, with it, without flinching. That's what dissolves any attachment we have to it. 
And in that way, that's the heavy lifting of spiritual practice, that witnessing, the continual witnessing of what's going on. Anybody can do that. That witnessing awareness is not something that you don't have. It's not something you need to attain. It's already there. Meditation is just the conscious application of that awakened mind to our life. The more you do it, the more readily available it becomes, the more expansive we get in the conventional sense, the more all the sutras start to make sense. So let's try that tonight. It's very basic. When you're sitting, pay very close attention to your breathing. Inhale, exhale. You can even say that silently to yourself. That which recognizes the inhale and the exhale is that awakened mind. Oh, I've, there's some tension arising. Some tension arising in my leg. My, my leg's falling asleep. That's always my favorite. That which is aware of the leg falling asleep is an awakened mind. So we keep going there to the awakened mind, the awakened mind, the aware mind. Oh, God, I'm just sleepy. I'm falling asleep. I'm totally asleep. That which recognizes the sleepiness is the awakened mind. Rest there continually. Even when you're not in, you know, the sangha, especially when you're driving or you're playing, you know, basketball or whatever it is that you do, when you're gardening, watch, just watch. Be right there for your experience and recognize what happens.